The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Silence Your Phones, your movie review podcast found exclusively on the network at BICBP-radio.com. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Chavez, joined as always by Sean Fritz. It was only two takes this time. Not bad. Two takes. And guess what we both have? Two shots. Two shots. Hey! What did you feel on your second shot? Anything? Absolutely nothing. Wow, dude. Okay. Uh, Although the doctor that stuck me uh, said, all right, now in two weeks, you can go back to go into the club. And I was like, do you see how <laughs> it's like, do you see the look on this face? What do you see the face? Kind of... Do you see how this face looks also? What medical uh, advice is that? I, I think he was being silly. <laughs> he was being a silly man. No. Yeah. That's pretty, it's pretty funny. Um, so for me, if you remember, I had my dead arm the first time it was so much pain. I couldn't move it. I told somebody about that who got the Moderna shot. Yeah. And they're like, what? No. And did they get it? Not that bad. Oh man. You're the only, you're the anomaly. Mine. Like, well, a few of the people that I, that I, you know, got it the same day as me had the same feeling, but I think it's where they injected it on your shoulder. You know what I mean? Like, cause the second time it was injected in a different spot. Um, the first time it took like seven hours before that pain kicked in this time, the pain kicked in like in two hours. And it still was painful, but it wasn't as bad as the first one. So I could actually, I had a little bit of range of motion, whereas last time it literally just hung at my side like I had a dead arm. Uh, it seriously was, it was comical <laughs> to see me walking down the hall, like one arm swinging, the other one just kind of sitting there, just kind of dragging your barely, knuckles, barely moving. Um, but this time around, I also had a headache that kind of lasted for a few hours. It was a while. And then I had uh, a very light, a, a very mild fever, 100, 100.4. Yeah, Moderna. It. Yep. Yeah, we uh, no didn't have any of that. Nice. She her arm uh, was a little sore and tender, um, but that was that was about it. Nice. She had a small nice. headache second time, but super athlete Sean Fritz was. Uh, <laughs> Dude, was, you're he was styling a profile. You didn't posing. even need it. That's the thing. You didn't even need it. You got the blood that just keeps you immune to this thing. But you're like, I'm going to set an example to the world. They already look up to you for your superhuman blood. You mm-hmm. might as well set an example. Um, dude, it's uh, it's, it's kind of a, it's a weird feeling to know that in a couple of weeks we'll be fully vaccinated for this thing. And you know, it doesn't make us hundred percent immune, but it's, it's, it's a nicer chance of being able to go out and, and not worry so much to, to a degree. That doesn't yeah. mean that we're not going to wear our nope, still wearing comic the mask. inspired masks. Yep. Still wearing the masks. Cause I, I've made a healthy investment in those, by the way, all 23 of them. Uh, still washing the hands. Oh, uh, most of the time. I still mean, using the the sanitizer, hand sanitizer. Every time you touch something. No, Remember I'm, that, like at the early days yeah. of just sanitizing the shit out of everything. I, well, yeah, wiping them down with with uh, cloths, and uh, you know, uh, not cloth, but uh, like the wipes, the yeah. the lice, Well, if you could find them, the yeah. Lysol wipes. <laughs> Those if you're lucky days. enough to have a stockpile of them, like Elaine did. Those diaphragms. were the days, dude. The sponge is it is it is it Clorox wipe worthy? Um, yeah, or or leaving your your packages that you receive that you had to order on Amazon to get something yeah. in the garage for three days. <laughs> it is it's it's bizarre, man, how far we've come, but like how we still have differences, you know, changes in our lives. One thing that doesn't change, dude, is movies. We're watching movies still. Uh, although the Star Wars movies did change a few times. <laughs> so yeah, well, more than once, really, right? Like. How many times is there a version of the originals? The Laserdisc, the VHS, the uh, the re-release on DVD, where you got the widescreen and the uh, full screen. Do you have the originals? Uh, the mo- I don't have any. I have Disney Plus. 
Ah, so I have digital copies of the original, original mm. pre any kind of edits that he did at all to it, which is awesome. But here's here's the wild thing: the laser discs had more footage on them than the v, the original VHSs. I think there were two VHSs per package, mm-hmm. like Titanic. Mm-hmm. So, which one? I'm talking screen print from 1970. Mm. <laughs> the Got actual it. canister sitting up in the. Uh, Dude, um, that, yeah, that's that would be something to put on the wall. <laughs> put your kids through college. Definitely not going on a wall if I had something like that, dude. Um, yeah, we're talking movies, dude. So this month we're talking baseball movies. Last week was, you know, it was a little rough, bro. I'd say that your audio, natural. your audio matched oh, your disdain God. for the movie. I think that's what it was. I was so unhappy with the film that the audio was just like we're not, we're not even going to sound good. I don't know what happened. I think my cat did something in one of the knobs um, because it was rough, dude. It was very staticky. Um, yeah, well, and and we talked beforehand. I'm like, hey, you need to turn your your yeah, little something off. Something was going on, and uh, your cat sabotaged it. So yeah, you say. Yeah. Um, whatever was was done there. So now we're we're gonna continue our movies, but I'll tell you what. You got your audio back? Not just the audio, man. I'm back in it because this is when we're talking baseball, like I said before, I'm kind of iffy. But this movie, man, I saw it back in the day and I remember loving it back in the day. So coming back to it was that kind of let's see if this holds up. Let's see if it was rose-colored glasses, or is this movie as good as I remember it? And the movie I'm talking about this week we watched is A League of Their Own. I'd like to lead you all in a little prayer. Dear Lord, may our feet be swift, may our bats be mighty, may our balls be plentiful. And Lord, I just like to thank you for that waitress in South Bend. You know who she is. She kept calling your name. This summer, Tom Hanks is managing the impossible. The Rockford Peaches. Oh, Peaches! Who says girls can't play baseball? Who says women can't throw? Slide! Slide! Thank you! Give them a league of their own to play. Then stand back and get out of their way. That sounded good. Still missing the cutoff man. Now that, that, that's something that I would like you to work on before next season. Columbia Pictures would like to take you out to the ball game for an all-star comedy. They'll pay you $75 a week. We only make 30 at the dairy. Well, then, this would be more, wouldn't it? The manager, Tom Hanks. Are you crying? <laughs> There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. The catcher, Gina Davis. Well, you say we slip in the back seat and you make a man out of me. We should I smack you around for a while. Can't we do both? The pitcher, Lori Petty. I made it. I'm a peach. <laughs> a Rockford peach. The scout, John Lovitz. Are you coming? See how it works is. The train moves, not the station. And batting cleanup, Madonna. What if my uniform bursts open and oops, my bosoms come flying out? You think there were men in this country who ain't seen your bosoms? A league of their own. All right. God knows we have a game. It's not like any of this helps, believe me. Directed by Penny Marshall. I was going to say League of Extra- uh, Extraordinary Gentlemen just to mess around. Like when I uh, said Randy Savage was in a movie <laughs> last week. <laughs> but uh, yeah, League of the Alone. I remember watching this movie. I think I was, I don't know, maybe in my early 20s when I saw it. Uh, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I really liked it a lot. I remember thinking um, that I enjoyed Madonna in it. You know, I enjoyed Rosie O'Donnell. And I remember enjoying Tom Hanks. The iconic line, you know, everybody knows there's no crying in baseball. I just remember it being a really good uh, of good film, something I really enjoyed. So when you said you wanted to watch it for this month, I was like, cool. It's going to be kind of fun to go back and see this again. Um, so, yeah, I can't wait to get into it. You've seen it before or is this your first? 
I that that same young, very young Sean Fritz that used to keep score on the All Star games. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also saw this movie right in around that same time. Um, I want to say the first time I we would watch this along. <laughs> I might have talked about this when we did Never Ending Story, <laughs> but so when I was a wee lad, my mom and dad both worked. I had to go to a not a daycare or anything like that, but I would go to, uh, uh, for lack of a better term, a babysitter. Yeah. You know, all day, you know, go to, you know, someone gets you on the bus, someone gets you off the bus. And uh, my mom, mom would come pick me up when she got off work. And so we would, uh, so this babysitter, this uh, Sharon was her name. Uh, she had four kids, I believe, maybe five. And, and um you know a big enough house to accommodate that many children four or five and and so we we would sit in like the 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 family room the biggest room which became the kids playroom and we would watch this movie and a couple other vhs tapes along with the never-ending story a a lot Mm -hmm. and this we watched this movie quite a bit not understanding most of the dialogue most of the thing except the baseball understood the baseball parts of it everything else didn't know what a you know a taxi driver or I know what a taxi driver is. Didn't know what a taxi dancer was, uh, and some of the other things that were referenced in this movie. Heard them for the first time. I think I heard them for the first time, and 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 also comprehended and understood what some of those things meant. Um, some of the uh, the adult references that were made in the movie uh, this this time around. But yeah, I have seen this movie before quite a few times. Wow, interesting, interesting. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Illegal Their Own is a 1992 American sports comedy drama film that tells a fictionalized account of the real-life All-American Girls Professional Baseball League. Directed by Penny Marshall, the film stars Gina Davis, Tom Hanks, Madonna, Rosie O'Donnell, Lori Petty. Screenplay written by Lowell Gans and Babalu Mandel. Yes, Babalu. Um, from a story by Kelly Candaly, whatever. And Kim Olsen. Let's just go with Kapowski. Let's go with Kelly Kapowski. Um, <laughs> so this film, dude, uh, I remember that being a thing that it was based on a true time in history. And I remember when I first heard it and saw this movie thinking, how come I never heard of this? I don't remember there being a women's baseball league, right? Which was mm-hmm. the importance of this movie. Um, and then when I, after seeing it this time for this, this show, I kind of did some research on some of the stuff and I was looking into it. And, you know, one of the things I saw was that Penny Marshall had seen a, a documentary about this called a league of their own and had loved it so much and thought it should be known. People should know about this. So, yeah, you know, I'm glad she ended up deciding to, to, to go with this and make this movie. Um, let's get right into it, dude. Let's get into the plot. Baseball. Basically, this plot is, is so, you know, it can be a baseball movie, but what you're really doing is you're following the story of these two sisters, right? These two sisters that live on a farm. One's older than the other. The older one um, is taller, faster, a little bit more athletic, is considered the prettier one. Uh, and the, 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 the other one is, you know, the younger one's shorter, always seen as being in the shadow. She doesn't really like being in the shadow of her sister, but they love each other. They care about each other. Um, and they both play softball. So they're, they're very gifted in terms of being, you know, um, athletic. However, uh, the younger one, not so much. And she gets annoyed that her older sister is always as good as she is. It's the 40s. So it's, it's World War II. Men are shipping off to go fight the good war. Right. And that means abled body men, meaning baseball players. So uh, in, in real life, this happened. A lot of the big time baseball players and sports figures went over to, to fight in the war. Now, how much combat they got? I don't know. I don't know how protected they were. I didn't really look that stuff up. But guys like Joe DiMaggio went out there. Well, you're shaking, you're shaking your head. What's up? They they were certain ones were like uh, Ted Williams. Yeah, I think was in the shit. Wow. Um, Joe DiMaggio, not as much. He was press or medic, you know, something they were, they were put in uh, less dangerous, risky, less yeah. dangerous uh, scenarios. Um, but some were like, nope, it's my duty. I'm going to do this. You asked me to do it. Everybody yeah. else is doing it. Why am I any different? Right. Uh, the owners of baseball, you know, major league baseball teams at the time were very nervous that, 
you know, it's still considered a younger sport. It was only what, uh, maybe 30 years old by then. It was still somewhat of a younger sport. Uh, time, what 40s, year was it? In the forties, um, baseball was around since uh, the, New York right? the New York Knickerbockers, I think were like late 1890s. Okay. So you're talking maybe 50 years now. Yeah. MLB as it's, you know, the national league yeah. is, was MLB at the time. Uh, was probably, I believe, like 1910, 1911. So okay. give or take 30, 35 Yeah, so this so. organization, they're afraid that it's going to fall apart without some of the men, the stars. And so they they come up with this idea, like, what if we get women to play? We'll, like, we'll create a women's league and keep the interest there for the the common fan to go out and, and, and support women's teams. And, and, and so they did this. In real life, they did this. And so that's what this is kind of, this is a fictionalized version of the beginnings of it. Uh, because that league went on for a bit. Like, I, th- I thought it was like a one and done. And it was actually, what was it, like uh, a few, like 15 years or something like that? Eight years, something like well, that? Over, yeah, something like mid 10 to Nine 15. Nine years. Something. No, you're, I'm sorry. It is uh, 11 years, it looks like. 43 to 54. 11 years. Yeah. Uh, over 600 women, women played in this league, consisting of eventually 10 teams in the American Midwest. So um, it follows these sisters that get you know, scouted by John Lovitz. And I can't wait to get into the acting and the, uh, the casting on this, but a scout sees these two ladies and he wants Gina Davis's character, the tall, older, prettier, more athletic. And it's mostly before the prettier version, right? He's they're thinking it's going to be the sex sells type of thing. Get as many pretty women as they can to come out and and play the, the sport. That was the time too. It was, you know, women should be seen, not heard. Yeah. And you can, you know, watch an episode of Mad Men. Basically, that's yeah. that's really yeah. what they're going for. Yeah, you 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 be quick. Just go ahead and bring me my coffee, Dame, and and uh, go back Smack out there until I call and, you back. Yeah, yeah. So you know they, that's what happens. They go to tryouts and they both end up making the team. Uh, and we get these other, you know, all the other actors and actresses that come along, Rosie O'Donnell, Madonna, they all play baseball players. And so we follow the teams and the formation of the teams and just kind of the lives of these women as they're, you know, kind of shifting from being, you know, women working at home while their husbands are at war to providing the entertainment for America's pastime. And, uh, you know, a lot of this film shows how they, how they deal with it in their own way, how they deal with, with society's views on them. Um, it's very, you know, this is a film that right now uh, you could look at it and I think it's, it's important in terms of culture in, in that it teaches you where we came from, right? Because like you said, this is like Mad Men days. This is when like men kind of treated women, you know, they still do. But back then it was just superly, it was flagrant, right? It was very condescending and flagrant that they weren't worth your time, <laughs> you know? Um, it was acceptable, obviously. A little different now. Yeah. Yeah. Slightly different, but, uh, um, but yeah, so it follows these girls and as they, you know, and Tom Hanks is this kind of washed up star. He used to be a baseball star, but alcohol got the best of him. So now he's here to coach these girls more as a name, like an old, this old star that used to be somebody. Uh, but he ends up, you know, as the movie goes on, investing himself and caring and, and being a part of building this team, they go to, you know, the, the, what would be the world series, and uh, during this time, we watched the, the, the relationship of the sisters as it struggles, uh, you know, because one still is jealous of the other's, um, you know, prowess on the field. And so we watched this whole play out. And that's what this is. It's a baseball movie, but it's also the, the, the story of the relationship of these two women, uh, how they relate to each other, which is contained in the story of the true, true life story of the beginnings of the, the women's baseball league. That's basically the plot of this film. Yeah. And I mean, there's, there's a lot more that happens in the plot, but like uh, as far as character development, um, you know, and, and, you know, Jimmy Dugan being a little rough around the edges, just a smidge yeah, and uh, basically a drunk and, you know, and then him softening and the women being going from being, you know, as it's referred to in the movie as those that just bake cookies uh, to ballplayers. You know, and, and everybody kind of feeds off of each other and becomes uh, it, it's it's watching. Basically, this is the Avengers of women's baseball movies because everybody comes together and, you know, they rely on each other's strengths. Yes, this is a movie. So for all the things that I felt didn't work with the natural last week, this works. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they they used montages the right way in this film. 
a lot of times they they used montages with music but still with dialogue so it was actually you were it was carrying the story forward and telling you what was happening not just trying to fill it in to reach the next like scene right whereas that's how it felt with the natural this watching the bill like you cared more about the people and and on the team and i think you were supposed to care a lot about robert redford but you were also supposed to care about the game itself whereas this it didn't feel like you cared so much as the game the game was kind of a background to what was happening with these people even though it was super important the game was like this thing that meant something to these women right it gave them this kind of identity now it's what brought them all together to learn from each other and you know yeah and show that they're strong and that they can do something and and you know it's i i I don't know dude i really felt like this this movie is super strong in terms of storyline you know i didn't get lost anywhere everything everything felt like it was addressed there wasn't anything that was kind of left in the air um and it was it was told well you know what i mean i love the the black and white footage to the with the newsreels to to what's going on in these scenes um we got a lot of the, you know, what was it like to be a woman in World War II when you had a husband or a boyfriend out at war, right? Gina Davis is talking about how she's getting letters every week from her husband, but she hasn't gotten one in three weeks. And then when a, a telegraph person arrives, right, that's something that where every one of them, it's dead silence. It's like their hearts drop because when a telegraph arrives in those days for the ladies, it meant something's not good with your husband or your boyfriend. Um, and so, you know, it, it was, it was, there was a lot to this film in terms of, showing you different aspects and it was just it felt like it was done so well and put together so well it was fluid it didn't feel choppy it didn't feel like i was just going from one scene to one scene to kind of serve this i feel like with the natural we were just kind of seeing this one character that was being kind of put on a pedestal that we're following whereas this was about this group of ladies so it felt a little bit more i don't know uh palpable for me yeah, I, I don't disagree with, with uh, your assessment of, of that. It's the, the natural was more of like, a, I think, almost like a highlight reel or like a like a montage of seeing, you know, it's um, uh, basically it's like it's almost like if you would send out uh, uh, like a highlight reel of your life yeah. of, of this this chapter or chapter series of chapters in your life. It's like, oh, yeah, this. There's no continuity to no, you know, to pull a lot of the stuff together, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, with this one, there's, you know, it's it's a it's a bunch of scattered backgrounds that are brought together under the backdrop of baseball um, during a wartime effort to keep these rich white owners from losing money. Really, is yeah. kind of what it what it was. Yeah. Um, there was one plot hole, and I can't remember what it was. I like the come- development of Jimmy, man right like the idea that he starts out not caring he just wants his money and boy is he a drunk <laughs> boy is he a drunk mm-hmm. and then you know he get as he starts to realize okay these ladies it's, this isn't a joke these ladies can play right and i think that was the thing too he talks about it in in the film where he talks about being a ball player right not just kind of doing something but being a ball player it's kind of in you and he recognized it in the women and that's why it kind of made him step up a little more but still you know he still had his rough edge he's still screaming at the girl for crying you know what i mean yelling at all of them for being late like (laughs) i I don't know there's something about this character it was it was great the way that you know his storyline developed as well um yeah i don't know i don't remember what it was Uh, i'll think of it later but um Mr. Harvey, one of the owners, he could be, um, Mr. Hershey. No, he's uh, PK Wrigley. Uh, that's oh, is that who he was modeled after? Yeah, Wrigley uh, of the Wrigley Field, Chicago yep. Cubs, and yeah. Wrigley Chewing Gum Factory. Yep, yep. Um, but he, um, you saw the parent, the in-laws playing uh, croquet, sort of, uh, when they went there. Could this be a prequel to Get Out? <laughs> it all comes back around it all comes back around uh let's move into the actors and acting uh what a cast dude mm-hmm. what a cast take us there tom hanks boom i mean he plays you know jimmy dugan a guy with a limp that i don't really see him not have he kind of rolls that left foot onto the side when he walks and he kind of wobbles back over to his right. Um, remember that hotel? He fell out of that. He fell out of that hotel 
because it caught on fire because he caught it on fire because he was drunk. <laughs> yep. Uh, Gina Davis plays uh, Dorothy Henson. Man, Gina Davis has that old 1940s, like classic Hollywood look, doesn't she? She's got the Hitchcock look too. You know, that yes. redhead porcelain skin. Yes, but she's there's something about her facial structure. It's so classic Hollywood, dude. It so is. Well, and to that point, the lady that played the older Dottie in her final on-screen, um, Lynn Cartwright, has a very distinctive look, high cheekbones. She's got that red hair still, um, you know, uh, from the uh, from the from the golden age of Hollywood. Dude, let me tell you about these the the casting in this film when it came to casting the older ladies to to who you know who plays the younger. Like they they cast these older ladies perfect when it came who they were supposed to match in terms of the younger ladies. You know what I mean? That was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lynn Cartwright was awesome. I remember seeing her just going. Oh wow! She immediately I know. Oh, she—that's right. She's the Gina Davis character. So good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Madonna as all the way May because <laughs> she hit a lot of home runs. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, and that's why uh, they called her that. Yeah. Uh, the uh, a lot of these older the the ladies that played the older players mm-hmm. didn't do a whole lot. No. Uh, Eunice Anderson played. Uh, played grown up May. Yeah. Um, you know, you had Lori Petty as Kit. Tank girl. She's yeah. got that spit and fire just as Kit oh, as well. You know what I goodness. mean? Goodness. She could go beat up a dumpster. Like she'd just go over there and just start punching it and just do a little firecracker, dude. Mm-hmm. Firecracker Lori Petty is. And in this movie, she plays it well. She's the younger sister that is a little jealous of her older sister and just it frustrates the crap out of her that she just can't be as good. Mm hmm. Yeah, oh, she's, she's and it's things that she can't control, like her yeah. height. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and her older counterpart, Kathleen Butler, not even a click on Wikipedia. Uh, Rosie O'Donnell played Doris. Um, <laughs> Rosie O'Donnell, Staten Island Rosie O'Donnell. I heard of this from, I don't know if it was a podcast or, or one of the shows that they're on, but I heard one time that they referred to Brian Quinn from the Impractical Jokers. Uh, as the male version of Rosie O'Donnell. And now I can't unsee it. Every time I was watching, bro, when I was watching this movie today, every time she spoke, every time she, I, I saw Brian Quinn, I was like, oh my God, this is insane. You can hear the Staten Island in her voice, dude. It's legit its own accent. Staten Island is its own. So when they were doing the tryouts, did you see the name <laughs> on the back of her, of her uh, getup? It was a Staten Island something. I couldn't remember. Yeah. What was it? It doesn't matter. It was at oh, Staten, yeah, it was Staten Island. Island. Like, yeah, yeah. So obviously that was that yeah. was going to be put on there. Uh, <laughs> uh, Vera Johnson played the her older counterpart again. Wait till no, you see no. Brian Quinn again. You're going to see Rosie O'Donnell, dude. <laughs> uh, Anne Ramsey is <laughs> Helen Haley. Um, she was on Mad About You, and I mean she's done a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. Critters Four. Ah, Critters Four. There you go. Um, the underappreciated Planet of the Apes from 2001. Uh, but yeah, she's not as much on my radar as um, as some of these other people. Uh, I'll just run down the list here real quick. Megan Cavanaugh played Marla. Um, Marla was the one that had the son with her Stillwell <laughs> Angel, right? That kid, dude. That was amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, Tracy Rainier as Betty Spaghetti or Betty Buschetti. As, uh, as every kid likes to say it, or because they, oh, she was in Die Hard. Who'd she play in Die Hard? Some assistant. She was in <laughs> Apollo 13, though. Unnamed assistant. Uh, no, um, Thornburg's assistant. So that tells you a whole lot, right? She's been in a lot of Tom Hanks stuff. Apollo 13, That Thing You Do. Um, you know who I saw that I was like, holy crap, that's somebody. And look at how young she is. And I had to look it up in the cast, Taya Leone. Mm-hmm. Yep. I was like, oh, yep. hey. Yep. I saw, well, and they probably put her in because she was in the Bad News Bears. You know, she played the Racine's first base yep. uh, player. But John Lovitz, dude, I loved that John Lovitz was on here. And John Lovitz already. <laughs> John Lovitz already has this kind of, he comes across as that slimy, like newspaper reporter type of guy. Like, Hey, come on. Give me that. I got the, you're going to give me the scoop, you know, that kind of thing. Give me the scoop. Uh, So he already comes across as that slimy type of scout and he plays it so good. So good. 
some of his uh, dialogue was improv. Like when he told the cows to shut up <laughs> because they had done that take like it's three so or four good, times dude. already. And so he just told the cow to shut up and they kept rolling. He's so good, dude. He's so good. Um, um, yeah. Uh, Gary Marshall played uh, Mr. Rig- uh, Mr. Harvey of, of the Harvey bars. So I didn't know Gary Marshall created happy days. You didn't know that? he's like a big time old like uh, him and um, I'm sure the guy that's related to the lead singer of Rat. Um, I don't know. I can't remember, but they're like um, uh, not Mark Goodman, but like one of those types, you know, that has you see the name even after they've died 30 years after like a show is based on a show based on a show of a show that was made by this yeah. guy. No, I didn't. I didn't know that. Um, oh, Janet yeah. Gretzky, dude, Jan- Janet Jones. AKA Janet Gretzky. Oh, I didn't know she was a Gretzky now. She's a Gretzky now. Uh, and then um, Bill Pullman, bro. In a Independence Day. Yep. And, from the aliens and play base and save us from the Nazis. He's constantly saving us at war. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, he's a president a, a fair amount of time, but a very understated. Before, this is his service before he became president in Independence Day. These two movies are connected, by the way. He's the same oh, character. Dude. And get out. <laughs> but he's not that much older. No, no, he's he's like a, he's the Paul Rudd of his generation. Oh, like he was in World War II, and now he's president, and he still looks great. Um, dude, this cast for me was on point. Every mm-hmm. single person on here killed their role and played such good characters. They were their own characters. It wasn't any, you know what I mean? Like they're unique, extremely unique, and everybody was just so good in their role. I just I I loved watching this, dude. I loved watching this again for sure. Um, a lot of the back, one of the things I saw in terms of trivia, a lot of the background, um, ladies that we saw at the beginning, at the end, the reunion of the players, those older ladies were the original ladies that were part of this league back in the day. So when they were filming this, they used a lot of those ladies in those scenes at Cooperstown, which mm-hmm. is a pretty cool thing. I was like, oh, that's pretty snappy. Oh, is that what, is that why they don't have Wikipedia links? Yeah, that's why there's no Wikipedia links for all the people who are just kind of there. blank. Mm-hmm. Um, Anything else you want to say about the acting dude? Because I, for me, again, all of them are uh, on top. For me, a standout would probably be Tom Hanks, obviously. Yeah, we, uh, there's there's one glaring omission that we did not state. Uh-oh. Uh, is the adult Stillwell. Uh, oh, yes. Mark, Mark Holton, uh, who was in a, let's just say a panned movie <laughs> that we recently talked about was Leprechaun. He's also in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Steal, stealing my uh, stealing bicycles yeah we'll put a footnote here to reference that episode because we've already talked about him exactly. and he's not bobby from Ernest, so we don't we don't need to talk about no, him every time it's not bobby not bobby <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah for me dude i think everybody was was beautiful in in terms of their portrayals of these characters um the casting was well was done well because they these characters I, I feel like these characters you know I said this before on another episode, you know, when you watch a movie and you see the actor, right? You're like, Oh, this person's playing this character and you see the actor, the whole film. But mm-hmm. then there's times you watch a movie where you see the actor be, and then immediately all you see is the character now. And that's how I was in this film, the whole film, even Madonna's character. She was this different character. It wasn't just Madonna. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, she was, she fit the part. Well, not, yeah. not trying to work her own, or as they like to say, getting their own shit in. Yes. You know, she was she was not Madonna. She became she somebody an else. Actor, yeah, that that took on this role. Yeah, Tom Hanks was Jimmy Dugan, Gina Davis was Dottie, you know. Lori yeah, Petty Tom- was Kit, Rosie Dodonna was Brian Quinn. I mean, they were perfect. <laughs> <laughs> they did a I, good uh, job. <laughs> I I um I throughout this movie, I kept turning uh, I watched this last night with E and I I just looked, turned to her and I said, "Man, Tom Hanks is so good." But he's not a. I hate. He's not a good villain because, <laughs> I mean, he meaning he's a great villain. But you don't want Tom Hanks to be a villain. And then like right. you know, and then uh, Pauline Brailsford, who played Miss Cuthbert, the uh, the chaperone. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, here's a funny little thing. Not a lot of film. You know, she her first to her last movie was uh, 1981 to 1996, um, and that includes TV shows. And there was a total of eight. So, but her Wikipedia sh- says that she's a retired English actor. However, her crowning achievement um, was a 1993 MTV Movie Award nomination 
Hey, for best kiss with Tom Hanks. From oh, this that's amazing. <laughs> Remember those best kiss ones? And they were always like the most ridiculous kisses on, <laughs> on, uh, on screen. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, let's get into the soundtrack, the music. This was great. I love it. It's got a lot of old school music from back in the 40s. Um, the score was nice, dude. You know, everything about this. The score was very nice in terms of like the orchestral spots where it's kind of these sweeping moments. And and there's also those moments where the orchestra is meant to play at your heartstrings. Like, uh, it, it, I thought it was just done so well, dude. So little peek behind the curtain here so i'm watching this movie and i'm and and i'm enjoying the movie especially the second half probably right around the time marla gets married and yeah. i'm like uh-oh uh-oh sean fritz is getting emotional and i'm like <laughs> oh it's great <laughs> like uh reaching for my drink a lot and uh I'm, like, I'm making a lot of noise that's like background like i'm opening these tootsie rolls the fruit ones by the way because they taste good and tootsie rolls don't uh, what you do is like, you go <laughs> Got some itchy in my throat all of a sudden and drink I did water. Cho- I did make you eyes uh, water. I did choke on my uh, on my lemonade <laughs> that I was drinking, <laughs> uh, uh, which uh, which uh. then created the uh, reasoning for my eyes to water. Like, oh God, that's amazing, dude! But uh, you know, like the whole thing with the music and and everything else and and the plot and the the, the acting. I feel like I'm we're at the end already. But like the music really did something to me. This is a Hans Zimmer soundtrack, by the way, or uh, score. Score, yeah. And yeah, the music was was well was was well was good as well. But I'm like, uh oh, waterworks. I don't know what it was yesterday. It was, <laughs> it was the COVID shot. That's what it was. It was something, it made, man. It, it, it was made me something. emotional. Um, did you know that a lot of some of these some of these pieces and some of these songs that they did versions of? was arranged by Richard Marks on this soundtrack. So songs like Flying Home. I don't like think it's that Home. Richard Marks. It's not that Richard Marks? Are you sure, dude? Uh, I thought this Richard Marks has a, a, a middle H. initial. Yes, back in the day, he used to be billed with the H. Was it is know? the same Richard Marks, bro. He was known as Richard H. Marks back then when he was trying to be considered the uh, Art Garfunkel performs Two Sleepy People. There's a, Yeah, there's a lot of really good songs on this thing, dude. And then there's the uh, the Madonna song at the very end, This Used to Be My Playground. I remember that being a big hit in, in 1992. Um, except not, little, not little piece of, upbeat that? of a song. No, you it's know, not. It's, it's a chill. It's a more of a laid down like, or, or like a slow down song, chill song. It's a little bit depressing too, right? Mm-hmm. This used to be my playground. used to be my childhood dreams. Um little trivia about this it's not on the soundtrack though contractual you know reasonings it's only on her music and not on the soundtrack of the film but it is in the film it's at the end at the credits uh, but again for me it was it music is important if it's done well right so it's one of two things when it works well for me if it's something that accentuates what's happening on screen so uh case in point it can be it can be something off-putting like watching someone be murdered and listening to good vibrations by the beach boys that's done well there's such a contrast this weirdness that it, it works effective right it's effective if it's the era to help kind of add flavor to the environment and the era of what you're watching right so we're watching something from the 40s i want to hear duke ellington I want to hear this stuff to make the world more real. And that's what we got with this film. You know, we didn't, we didn't get, they live soundtrack in this film. This was, uh, this was, uh, this was great as well. I think. Yeah. I, I can't disagree with that at all. It was, you know, it was, it was well done. It was timely. It was, you know, it, it was basically the score from the natural, por- you know, not, not really poured yeah. it over to, to a, uh, a female baseball movie. <laughs> yeah. Can this you was, imagine? Uh, at, at the end with the uh i mean it kind of was you know with at the end of the movie with the with um uh, kit rounding third and coming home if they had played that that you know swelling score from the natural when the lights are exploding yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it, it kind of was similar though a little bit wasn't it yeah you see that's the thing man that's the thing i feel like for me the climax to this that 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 moment that baseball moment was so much more powerful and done well than the natural, like the natural I got, but the natural for me was making it look nice. It was like a Michael Bay 
And then this was about feeling it. So this was Steven Spielberg, right? Like we saw two of the same kind of things play out. Mm. However, this one was more, I don't know. I really liked this a lot. Let's get into the special effects. Yeah, there was no aging, de-aging back in the day yet. We haven't been doing that in film. So this, they just, you know, they did a lot of stuff in terms of casting, casting older people to look like the younger people and vice versa, making sure they match. I don't think aside from maybe, and I'd have to look into it, you know, maybe there's like backgrounds that were digitally enhanced, things like that. Other than that, I don't think there's anything in terms of look what could be special effects in this film. They hit the balls that they hit. That wasn't digital, you know, um, Maybe I think the only thing they could have done in that regard is have a stand-in. Yeah. And something. wig. I don't That's know. Probably the most effect. Yeah, there wasn't much in terms of effects with this. And if there was, you're talking maybe practical little scratches and things that they may have gotten while playing the playing ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing, nothing really to 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 say, well, wow, that's those amazing. bruises and scratches were real, my friend. Oh, I heard they were, I've heard there was a lot, a lot of those little injuries and, and torn torn legs and skin and all this other stuff and broken sprains. noses and yeah, sliding bruises oh my god um oh, don't forget that one scene though i think you're you're completely overlooking it where um where what's her name time traveled <laughs> got in the delorean and yeah went back in time uh to the natural and learned how to pitch um yeah, this was uh, it, it was very minimal in terms of anything in that regard. So there's not much to say. So let's move on to our final thoughts on this film, because we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and, and and just score it. We're talking about our favorite things and thoughts and and give it a score. So you want to go first? You want sure. me to go first? Okay, go ahead. So obviously the there's no crying in baseball, uh, which was it, it was ranked as the number fifty four AFI's two thousand five list of 100 movies 100 quotes one of the things i'm listening to him as he's delivering a lot of his lines as this character is i'm thinking to myself these are actor choices right the way he's delivering the kind of disdain he has in his voice these things this inflection where his voice is getting so high right that's you can't see that on the printed word the printed word is literally just saying are you crying there's no crying. There's no crying in baseball, right? Maybe it says it in caps or whatever, but the way he delivers that line, dude, it's just so good. And the interchange between him and, and uh, Rosie O'Donnell's character, mm-hmm. he's like, ship it, zip it or shut it or something. Like that. Zip it, Doris, or shut it, Doris, <laughs> I think was. Yeah. So um, this is homework for you, Chris. There is a, there is a, an, a plugin for Audacity called Vocoder. I will send you a link to this. Okay. This is this emulates what they did for Transformers G1 to get Soundwave's voice. Oh, that's fun. Slap this on my next sentence. <laughs> There's no crying in baseball. Let me read it again. There's no crying in See, these are my actor choices here. <laughs> this is my process. There's no cry. Hello my my name is Steve. I used to be addicted to crack and I want this Uh, there's no crying in baseball slap it on there zip it doris you know that your head you know that that thing three feet above your ass (laughs) that was also a great one um i mean there's so much in this like this movie is a little educational too like i said Mm -hmm. earlier i didn't know what a taxi dancer was Mm -hmm. and when may was talking about having men for a dime or a quarter slather their gin sweated bodies up against hers Mm -hmm. i'm thinking like you know yeah, I just no. pantomimed the AOK <laughs> and an index finger going through it. Uh, you know, hide the wiener um, or that she was a prostitute. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. No, she just would dance. And we see her dancing yeah. later in the movie. Um, not, I didn't put two and two together until I looked up what a taxi dancer was. But it was, uh, you know, it, it. something tells me that was toned down a little bit, at least. Yeah, uh, for this film. For the film, for the rating, whatever. But... Um, you know, somewhat educational. There's no crying in baseball. You're going to lose. Um, who names their kids Stillwell Angel, or at least who calls them that? Uh, be, now, I watched this. Here, here's a surprise with the captions on. And <laughs> when they said Stillwell Angel, it would be it would read Stillwell, capital S, comma, lowercase, Angel. So I'm like, is that just like how they would like if I would say uh, like if your wife would say Chris, honey? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Your, your your middle name is not Honey. Right. But if it was, that would be <laughs> It'd be hilarious. sweet. Get it? No. Can you explain the joke to me? Honey, sweet. Set, put put vocoder on that too. Honey, sweet. <laughs> uh, the... Um, you know, so so there's 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 a lot of weirdness. Stillwell Angel, uh, but the, you know, and and in in the uh, credits, he's referred to as Stillwell Gardner. So I guess maybe that wasn't his name. She just called him that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're gonna lose. He gets hit in the face with the mitt right after that, and Jimmy gets super excited. Um, uh, you know, where at the very end, he's like, "We're gonna win," because Dottie just pops up out of nowhere even though they had left amazing. Like she just like all of a sudden she's like, you know what? I'm going to leave you guys and I'm going to make you work your way all the way to the seventh game. Then I'll come play. (laughs) Yeah. We got as far as Yellowstone. That's far from Chicago, by the way. Yeah. And on those days in those cars, bro, of course it it took that long to get back in that Edsel or model T, whichever one it was. Yeah. You're not going to make it very, that's, it's like that old Looney Tunes trope where you had to like turn the crank on the front of the car and then, Try yeah. to jump in real quick before yeah. the crank stops spinning. Um, but yeah, those are those are some of the ones that I could think of that were. I enjoyed the dance scene. I got to tell you, sometimes when yeah. dance oh, scenes yeah. come up in movies, if they're not natural or doesn't feel right, it always feels like, oh, we could done without this. But I felt like it was so good. It it really like it livened up. It made it so that these girls had something to bond over. It was that time. It felt like this was something that happened a lot in those days. Who mm-hmm. knows? Maybe it didn't, but it just felt like it probably did. Um, yeah, I, I like that scene a lot too. Don't forget the, um, the, the, oh, what was it? The, 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 where they had to do like the, the gracefully and grandly and, and oh, then the, the, the manners, uh, manners classes. Yes. And wow. <laughs> Talk about, listen to the way. And how about the radio, right? Those ladies reading the thing on the radio about like women that mm-hmm. like belong in the kitchen and belong in home. And this is this thing that they're doing is changing how women are, you know, are, are being supposed read to be. by a woman who's working and not dude you know. it was <laughs> it's it's a it's a lot in terms of it's it's a period piece like it'll take you back to a time and, and the way it was and we talk about this all the time you know sometimes there's things where you're just like ugh, you know that that doesn't age well this ages well because it's it's more again this tells you what it was like. It wasn't a glorification of it. You know what I mean? Or of kind of throwing things out there, this and that. It's about the times and what it was like. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed a lot all the scenes you said, dude. There's a lot of that stuff. John Lovett's performance loved that. I thought he was great. You know, <laughs> at the end when he when he's just like, no, go ahead, go. God, I can't stand when they get attached. <laughs> or when he's on the car talking to the guy, and the guy's like, we increased our our profits by our our our, our uh, distribution by 106 percent, guys. And he's like, why do I always get? To-? He's like, hey, you sit here. I'm gonna go find you a pistol. <laughs> John like, Lovitz's his delivery, dude, cracks me up, man. Yeah. Um, uh, this much John Lovitz is good. Yes, too not much. Not a whole movie. <laughs> not yeah. a whole movie of John Lovitz. Um, all right, dude. What's your what's your final thoughts and rating? What are we rating this on? High fast ones. Yeah, because we can't lay off of them. Get them. Uh, is I'm gonna. So I, I'm still going back and forth on exactly what number. I, I'm gonna definitely say that for me, this was definitely worth silencing my phone, but. I don't know exactly what number yet. So I'm going to talk through what I liked about the movie, uh, the cast. Yeah. Uh, we've already talked about that. The cast is, is exceptional uh, on paper, not unlike the natural, this cast probably really good. Um, well, not probably definitely really good. That was a weird sentence, right? Um, that's the swerve, bro. Uh, the, the, the uh, interesting thing that I'm, as I'm thumbing through wiki here, Demi Moore was almost the Dottie character weird that would have that would have been so different and so weird dude yeah because gina davis brings a lot more like real world um behavior and like i'm not going to take your shit but i'm not going to beat your ass about it either i'm just going to walk away you know uh the the choices i think demi moore would have made in at this time would have been more like squint and just like uh, what's the word? Just like uh, yeah, just like <clears throat> squint and whisper and and be brooding. That's what I was thinking of. Um, oh, that'd been weird, dude. That'd have been so weird. Yeah. Um, and she would have been much shorter. She would have looked a lot different than than Lori Petty. 
than Gina Davis. They, they have that a similar resemblance, just height and, and maybe age and maturity at that time. And uh, granted, a wig can go a long way, but... Um, Wow, that's crazy to think she would have been that. So would you have so yeah, you know what? I could see her being Lori Petty's character, but that would mean she would have to have somebody different in in Gina they, Davis's character so that they looked somewhat the same. That or they'd have to you know, pretty her down a little bit or whatever the term is, make her a little bit more rough around the edges looking, you know, cuz to me more is is a pretty is a very attractive woman. And they're taking her. So this is 92, a, a few good men or a few good men, a, a league of their own. And before 92, so 1990 and 91. So if you want to think of the era of Demi Moore, right, we're talking ghost. She was in ghost in 1990. Uh, and the butcher's wife in 91 was the next big name. And then 92, she was in a few good men. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I can't see her being in a baseball movie. Mm-mm. No, definitely not. Um, so music score, uh, soundtrack all fit, you know, the scenes that we talked about already fit well, the CG, if there was any or effects, practical effects or whatnot, we're all, we're all very good. You know, if, if any, um, the acting actors, if I didn't say that already, uh, was, was spot on, you know, Tom Hanks and his, this movie is, is more where these people become not symbiotic, but they become more, uh, you know, where certain people are, are harsher, they become softer, where some people are um, softer, they become harder in, in a good sense, uh, where they, if they are unskilled, they become skilled. Mm -hmm. If they are arrogant, they become, you know, humbled. And every, and, and it, it's got a feel good ending to it. Um, in, in terms of, you know, the characters, mm -hmm. um, and and there's there's always moments of redemption and, and everything else. Um, oh, I remember what that that uh, and but there's one glaring. Um, uh oh, here it is. One glaring thing that I saw the whole one plot hole at the very end, which is fifty years after the initial season. Right, Dottie's old, it's old. Kit has four children walking around her and they called Dottie aunt Dottie. Yeah, there was, they were her grandmother. So she was the grandmother because they called her grandma. So I wonder if they called her aunt Dottie as that's just how the family just calls that, that relation. Great aunt Dottie. Yeah. 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 And that's possible. Possible. But yeah. Th that was the thing that I noticed that was the littlest inc inkling of, potential plot hole. Aaron was like, Hey, how are her kids so young? I'm like, those are her grandkids. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not the only person that knows. No, no, no. Yeah. She thought that too. Um, you know, for this movie, uh, obviously it is better than the natural. Um, and, and I got caught up in, in a lot of the different feels, man, this movie uh, is done well, dude. It was done well. Yeah. And, like I wasn't expecting to get caught. Uh, the movie's great. And I knew that going in. But I didn't get I didn't expect to get caught up in in the feels like I did where I'm like, I can't look like a like a <laughs> big baby in front of my, you know, my my future wife, you know. And so, um, you know, I put on I, I, I grabbed the, the <clears throat> I grabbed the machismo from the uh, from the fridge and squeezed it out like it was some cheese whiz. <laughs> I grabbed the machismo whiz. And, uh, you know, I got I got to say um, out of five high fast ones, this is. This is a four seven five for me. Very nice, very nice. I agree with you. That was my number four seven five. Very close to hitting a five for me. This was a very enjoyable film. I liked it much better than the natural. Um, even the bait, like everything about baseball in this film, made me enjoy it more. Like I wanted to watch more of their games. You know what I mean? Because it would it started going through the end of the World Series. I was like, hey. Don't just speed through these. I want to see these play out a little bit. I want to see some competition. I want to see them look at Kit on the mound and say, "Hey, this." You know what I mean? But but the montage for those first six games was yeah. well done. Exactly. You got, you Very got well you done. Needed. Very well done. But it, it it goes to show that you know me wanting to see more baseball in this film. Uh, you know, this was a really good film. I enjoyed the characters. I liked watching them play and interact. All the acting in this film was amazing. You know, it's it's got a killer cast. These cast members would go on to do some other, you know, amazing things and become bigger names and stratospheric names. Tom Hanks, I mean, you know, we all know what he went on to do after A League of Their Own. 
Um, but these oh, characters, uh, you know, he did a little thing. That thing you do, right? A little, a, a couple few things, you know, a, a couple of things. But dude, yeah, I, I, um, for me, I agree with you. Four seven five. This is definitely a movie to silence my phone for. I didn't pick up my. No, that's not true. I did pick it up once because I wanted to look up some information on the women's league, the legit women's league, as they were just doing the thing at the very end with all those Pete, the old ladies and stuff. Which that was awesome too, dude. It was really kind of cool watching those ladies walk through Cooperstown and come across the, you know, the the uh, the plaques and the, their pictures when they were younger and all that stuff. It was really a cool thing. Um, and even the end when you're well, Madonna's singing and they're showing photos, they're showing black and whites from the film interchanged with the actual photos of these ladies back in the day that played. And it was really cool. Um, so yeah, I'm with you, dude. Four, seven, five. This movie is definitely a, a movie to silence your phones for. There's one person that I saw for about five frames that we didn't, we didn't mention. And, and I can't even tell you where it was. I can tell you the scene, but I can't tell you how far it was in the movie. This is the one time that I had to put my pick my phone up. I swear I saw as one of the coaches during the tryouts, like when they were throwing the ball and like mm-hmm. the line of five or six people, which is a traditional little league uh, thing to work on, you know, hitting your cutoff man and, and warm ups and such. I swear I saw Miguel Ferrer. <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding. Like, like, like stop, that, freeze, freeze. Like, let me look this up. I rewinded it and I'm like, all right, uh, here. It's like, is that Miguel Ferrer? And is it, was it, I don't know. It didn't say uncredited. it on Wikipedia. Uncredited. It didn't even say uncredited, but I swear it was. Cause he was just some random coach Possibly on the field. Did. You found him. I found an Easter egg. Next week is a special. We drop in two episodes. So the actual next episode coming off of this one, um, did we say we're going to mention it or we're not, we're not going to mention it or we are. You're, you're Let's make now. it a surprise. Let's make it a surprise, but I'm yeah. going to play the sound clip from the movie anyway right here so if people understand or heard this before have seen this they'll know what movie we're doing if people hear this and go the hell is that get ready it's gonna be some good times so this following clip here is the movie we're seeing next week hey man am i driving okay i think we're parked man God damn, I was in that shit, man. I never had no dope like that before in my life, man. That's the heaviest shit I ever smoked, man. I mean, I smoked a lot of shit before, man. But God damn, man, that's heavy shit. You okay? I can't breathe. What's the matter? I can't breathe, man. We're just... We're here. Hey, man. Hey, hey, I got something to mail you out, man. You're just freaking out. Here. I never smoked no shit like that before. Take these, what? man. Take these. This will melt you out, man. What is this, man? I'm just taking them, man. Oh. Hey, hey, don't take those, man. What? I almost gave you the wrong shit, man. Hey, man, I already took them, man. Oh. Hey, what do you mean? Oh. Oh. <laughs> wow, man. Hey, what was that shit, man? You just ate the most acid I've ever seen anybody eat in my life. Hey, man, I never had no acid before, man. Jeez, I hope you're not busy for about a month. <laughs> oh, shit, I'm gonna die, man. That stuff's gonna make me die, oh, man. man. No, that's good acid. Hey, man, man, I never had it before, man. That's gonna hey, make me die. Well, it's gonna make me freak out, no, man. man. I've seen those guys walking around my neighborhood oh, had too man. many acid, man. Their head looked like okay. a pumpkin hey, like that, man. Relax, man. Hey, mellow out, man. Now just go Oh What? Do it, man. Oh. 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 Shit. Mellow. Mellow. That's it. That's the only thing they're getting, dude. Only thing um, they're getting. All right. Um, and we'll and we'll continue our baseball theme as well. Right after that, yeah. Right after that, we're back into baseball. Uh, literally we're dropping two episodes in one week. So you'll have a special episode and then we're coming back with baseball. What's the, nah, we'll mention the baseball one in the next special episode. Yeah, we should mention the baseball one. Cause the next one is a special. It's like a, an yeah, off cycle right. one. You're right. You're right. What's the next baseball one? Uh, first time viewing for me, the Sandlot. Oh my God. That's your first time viewing. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. We're making our way through time in baseball eras, right? So I think this night, I'm almost positive it was the 50s. Maybe it's the 40s also, but I feel like it was the 50s. I can't remember. 
dude, how long has it been since I saw Sandlot? Um, anything you want to tell the folks before we head out of here to end um, the show? Yeah, keep it up. Stay the course. I got my second. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying that I'm looking forward to returning to civilization. And um, I hope everyone else says too. just be safe, stay the course and continue to mask up even after you have your shot. Because if you wear your mask, you're respecting other people's health, not just your own. There you go. Get dosed. If you haven't been, man, you know, just do your part. Like Sean said, we want to get out to the real world. And you know what? It'd be nice to do some live shows and have some people come out and listen to us do these shows. So uh, mask up. And so we can get out there and get in your faces and sneeze and, you know, lick door handles like I I I, I kind of like to do on on my part on my, on my, on my bad time. You should just stop smile talking. Time. Smile time. Uh, thanks so much for listening, guys. We appreciate it. As always, it is now time to unsilence your phones. 